Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Don't stress. Listen to the podcast at WTIC.com or on the free Odyssey app. Dinesh D'Souza, you familiar with him? We've had him on a couple times. He makes the great movies, political movies. But he also, this is uh, fascinating to me, doesn't understand his political philosophy, I don't think. It doesn't understand what, uh, hasn't thought through a political philosophy. Listen to this and see if you notice what he's getting wrong. Do you think that the government should forcefully take money from some citizens through taxes in order to provide goods and services for others? Well, I think in a, in a country that's wealthy, you, you can make a decision to help the truly disadvantaged. Now, that is, you, in other words, you can say there's a floor and we won't let anybody fall below that. Oh, this is terrible. Dinesh, the only way they don't turn any government into the grotesque distortion that we have today is to not let them make judgments about anything and to make sure they understand, which they never will, which is why we can't have government. But you've got to make sure they understand that they don't have a right to take the money. The only way we survive is to have a no taxation system. There can't be forced taxation because then we end up being robbed blind like we are now. It's the only cure. More. But that's very different from confiscatory tax policies that basically uh, rob Peter to pay Paul. Obviously, such policies will have Paul's full support, uh, but that's a perversion of democracy. The point of democracy... But you can't avoid it. That's the thing. Dinesh just described how it gets distorted. Well, they just keep taking money, and they use it to pay their voters. Well, that's where we are today. Voters are paid by the government in order to vote for the party in power. The point of democracy is for the government to protect people and to be an umpire, to provide opportunity, to provide, to protect the rules of competition. Well, wait a sec. If the government is an umpire, umpires can take bribes. Umpires can do things in their own interest. Umpires craft the game to meet their own expectations of what it should be like. That's not what our society should be. It should be based on principles of individual liberty. And that's what our society is based on. It just doesn't get practiced. Dinesh D'Souza let me down on that one. 860-522-9842. Yep, in just an hour, we'll be doing our Order Up segment. But right now, Mark Christopher's here. BBS Lawyers Traffic Center. How are the roads on this Friday, Mark? It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. 
I want to play you a little more of this Dinesh D'Souza because I do want to drive home this point for everybody. That, uh, uh, it, it's about the political philosophy that drives our country. There should be no taxation forced upon us. There should be no forced taxation. Anybody have a problem with that? If the government can't force us to pay taxes, it, the only way we should be taxed is if we decide voluntarily to send money in. And that would require that there be some compelling need for the money. And we would have so much money, it wouldn't be a hard thing for us to do. Right now we get robbed of, uh, I don't know, half or 60% of what we generate income-wise, and it just gets used for political shenanigans. What if we kept that money? Imagine how much money we would have, and then the government could come and say, hey, we want to we wanna build a new... Um, a new aircraft carrier, and then everybody could send in a check. Wouldn't that be a much better system? 860-522-9842. Now, Dinesh D'Souza in these cuts is being interviewed by Jan Helfeld. He's a guy we've had on a couple times, and we've played some other interviews of his. In the interviews he does, he tries to get people in prominent political positions or positions of fame, at least, to talk about what their philosophy is. And what he ultimately proves is that virtually all of them don't have a philosophy. Either they, either they, they aren't aware of it, which I think Dinesh D'Souza really isn't here, or they, they're lying and advocating for something they don't believe in. Can, can you live well if other people can legally gang up on you and forcefully take your money? Uh, no. Okay. So when the government is redistributing its citizens' wealth, are they protecting the taxpayers when they forcefully take their money and give it to other people? Well, in that sense, no, because uh, you know all, all taxation is confiscation. Uh, now, if we had no taxation, we couldn't have defense, we couldn't have roads. There it is. There's the big mistake he makes. Listen to that again. He says, first of all, that all taxation is, all forced taxation is confiscation. In other words, it's stealing our money. And then he says we have to have that. But he's wrong. Listen again. Uh, now, if we had no taxation, we couldn't have defense, we couldn't have roads. So there needs to be some taxation. It's just a debate about what level. But No, there doesn't have to be any taxation that isn't voluntary. If there was something they actually needed money for, we could save the money. Even under this kind of system, I'm still concerned people would be too generous because people are so willing to give the benefit of the doubt to the plunderers. Bob's in Waterbury. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? What's up? I I don't think we're giving money to the plunderers now because it's kind of like force. But I just, I mean, your idea is great, but I don't just... I don't think people are going to say, okay, I'm going to give money to this. People are too selfish. I mean, the only people that really give money away are the rich people. But well, I think wait a sec. Hang on a sec, Bob. We give up roughly half of what we earn to the government now, and nobody complains. They complain about how much they pay, but they don't get mad at the government and say, give me my money back. They keep voting for the thieves. They keep oh, approving don't. of programs where the money is just being used to buy votes? Oh, don't, don't I know? But, I mean, it, it's a great idea. But, I mean, to get from where we are now to what you're talking about, 
That's another discussion. I, I have no idea how we. Well, I do. The only idea I have is they're destroying the country fast, and the state. Oh of yeah, we're, we're going down. We're going exactly. down the edge. So I yeah. think what we need is to get ourselves conditioned to the idea of thinking about what will replace the thing that the current crew is destroying. And what they're destroying is a, a nation that was conceived under the premise that government should be as absolutely tiny as possible. And they built well, in all the safeguards they could think of, and it still didn't work. I've, I've talked to you before. That's why we threw all that tea into the, into the Boston Harbor years yes. ago. I mean, so, that's why we got rid of England. So you know? it, it might be hard to get there, but we're going to have to get there one way or the other. And I oh, think yeah. We're gonna be... Either that we're going to have a big, uh, uh, you know, what's, what's the Russian thing over to have with the, the sickle and the other thing? Yes, exactly. Which I hate to see. Have so, a good weekend. Thank you, sir. It's good to hear from you. So that's the objection that I think we instinctively have. We instinctively say you can't have a system where there's voluntary taxation. That is where people make donations. But I don't see why not. I think people are so gullible, so easily conned by the government class, and uh, uh, so lacking in curiosity and attention span because everyone's busy with their lives that we don't study what government is doing. We don't pay attention to the obvious lies that they're telling. Why is Joe Biden, for example saying that his budget is going to uh, beef up, he's going to beef up Medicare. And to do that, he's going to tax the rich. We've, we're, we're already spending a couple trillion dollars a year more than what we collect in taxes. How about cutting spending? There is plenty of money in the government. But that's a trick they use. They say, oh, we're going to get those evil rich people. They've got too much money. We should take it. That's not how we should decide who gets taxed. In my book, fair taxation would be, if there was going to be taxation, the way you would do it is a fixed amount for each person. But now I look at them and I say they couldn't even handle that. We've got to go to a no taxation model, and that's the only thing that's moral. If you can get yourself to think about it honestly, what you will realize is that this is what the founders intended. They intended us to have a society in which we were totally free. Nobody could take our things away. Nobody could stand in our way of, of us living our lives. It would be our dream. What did they say about happiness? The pursuit of happiness is a right that means nobody touches your stuff. Nobody interferes with you collecting your paycheck for your productivity. 860-522-9842. More of this Dinesh D'Souza stuff. Uh, now, if we had no taxation, we couldn't have defense. We couldn't have roads. So no, you, the government would just ask, hey, we're getting bombs. Can we have some money for bombs? Look at how generous it is. Everybody wants to send money to Ukraine. Certainly they would send it to Washington, wouldn't they? So there needs to be some taxation. It's just a debate about what level. But no, zero level. Volunteer taxation, Dinesh. Dinesh has never thought about this, which I find uh, kind of amazing. It's between totally, totally uh, making you pay for a service that's rendered to you, say like defense, 
or judicial system or police on the one hand and being forced to pay for farm subsidies, uh, foreign aid, uh, Medicare, me uh, Medicaid, whatever. Right. I understand the distinction. Is, is it a valid distinction? It's a valid distinction. But on the other hand, remember the government does do things that don't always benefit all citizens. If the government builds a highway, obviously not all Americans are going to use that highway. They use the highway system, but they may not use that highway. So, you know, we're in the give and take of democracy. But the bottom line of it is I think our tax rates have gotten too high. So there is no, under Dinesh's thinking, he understands we're getting plundered, but he has no principle upon which to base it because he thinks that this is how it's supposed to work. And I, I, I just, I don't know how he can, I, his eyes need to be opened, and this is what we all need to do. His eyes need to be opened to the reality that government can't be trusted at all. And even people sending in money voluntarily to make certain projects happen, I believe we will overpay, and they will still rob us. But under that system, the amount they rob us will, I think, be substantially less, and they can destroy what we design a lot less quickly. What do you think? 860-522-9842. Let's go to Windsor. Fred is there. Hey, Fred. Hi. How you doing? What's up? Yeah. Our delusional government has made it so easy for us not to pay taxes now. And I don't know. I haven't heard anyone talk about it. Like, for example, I owe a lot of taxes for uh, my business. We had a good profitable year. If, mm -hmm. if, if you can identify as a woman, why can't I identify as an American Indian? And in they order to taxes. put yourself in a different tax bracket or something? They don't pay taxes at all. Amer Native Americans pay no taxes? Yes. Wow. Oh, because they're on the reservations. Right. <clears throat> never, so, it'd be funny if someone tried it. Well, you, you're, um, I think you're right that the tax system has been based on making voluntary reporting, and that has turned into voluntary paying, that, that there is enough flexibility there, especially where it's been stripped down. You know, there hasn't been much staffing in the IRS. So it's been possible, I think, for, you know, if you look at what Donald Trump, his approach to taxation, I think that's what the wealthy do. They just give it off to their uh, their accountants and they expect to have something pounded out that's favorable to them. Right. And I don't believe in punishing the rich because they work hard all their life to, to accumulate wealth. That's not fair to take their money. Of course not. Nor is it good for us to take their money because don't forget what they're arguing is that we should take their money to give it to the government. Right. <laughs> and who could do a worse job with it than the government? So, Fred, what Nobody. kind of work are you in? I'm glad you had a good year. Um, carpentry. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Do you do finish work or uh, more basic? Uh, more, more basic framing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I thought there were, uh, it hasn't been a, a, a great year for building. Am I wrong about that? Uh, a lot of people, because they couldn't afford the new homes, are remodeling. Gotcha. Okay, so that COVID trend is continuing. Yes. Yes. Fred? It's actually, yes. Spend the money wisely. <laughs> I'm, playing, I'm trying to. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank well, you, thank sir. You. Right. Have a great weekend. Appreciate the phone call. Patrick calling from Ashford. Hi, Patrick. 
Hi, how are you? What's up? Listen, I want to make kind of a corollary point to um, taxation, and that's just a simple observation that if we had no big governments, we'd have no big wars. That's right. If they so if we if they had to collect money from us, they would have to go pitch us on wars. And you know, they they do kind of pitch us to get us on board, but if we had to pay, they would have to come up with better arguments, I hope. Yeah. Just just a, a kind of a libertarian pacifist idea. The smaller the governments, the smaller the wars. Well, war is made possible only by big government. Exactly. Well, small governments can have wars, but they'd just be smaller. We wouldn't have World War Three. Correct. We might have well, a local they, they, war twenty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. That is true. All right. Okay, Thank my you, only sir. Point. Good to talk with Thank you. you. Have All a right, good bye. weekend. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Yeah, small countries can make small wars, but the big wars that we make, the big warring that we do, if we look back over. The wars post-World War II. What, what happened that was good? I don't know about the Korean. I'll have to read up this weekend on the Korean War if it was good for us or not. But after the Korean War just came a lot of garbage, didn't it? And look at all the suffering. I was reading the other day. The stats on the war, the, the uh, Iraq war, and how many civilians are estimated to have been killed and all the, the damage that we did for nothing. We got nothing out of the Iraq war. We got nothing out of the Afghanistan war. And we spent fortunes over there. And you have to figure that they're just trying to drive the war machine. Don't you think? They just want to keep the money flowing through the big companies that give them big money and expect to get their pay, payoffs for it. Government is just a dirty, nasty thing. And they talk to us about themselves in very human levels, like they care and they're trying to do what's best and they've got great ideas. But that's all garbage. Those are sales pitches. That's Mr. Whipple squeezing the Charmin in the middle of the aisle of the grocery store in those old ads. They just keep telling us war is squeezably soft. It's utter nonsense what they say to us. 8605-229842. Rant line number 751-4698. We've got news coming up first, though. Let's check in with Mark. He says it's busy on the roads. It should be. It's a Friday afternoon. We're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's Todd Feinberg. It's Todd Feinberg. Monday through Friday, 3 till 6 on WTIC News Talk 1080. Oh, yes, indeed. A weekend is here. And how exciting is that? 860-522-9842. Join us for some conversation. Would you call right in? Don't forget, last hour, last hour, it's our Friday fun stuff. It's order up. It's order up. And it is big fun. So this is the philosophy of government. It's so simple. And this is what the founders believed in, I believe. They had to compromise because they needed a lot of people to agree. But the fundamental to what they delivered to us was a government that spoke of a fear of government. The plan has built into it their disgust over the, what had, government had done in history and their desire to not have this government be able to get to the plundering heights that it's gotten to. And the, the re reason it's been able to get there is because, is because we haven't had the principles clearly defined. So even people like Dinesh D'Souza, the filmmaker, the conservative filmmaker, makes brilliant movies. But he doesn't understand, it, ultimately, that government simply can't be trusted. And he advocates for we have to give them leeway so they can make judgments. But it's, that's exactly what ruined us in this country and what ruined Connecticut is providing a an open door for as much taxation as they think is reasonable. And if we don't own the fruits of our own labor, if we don't control our own destiny, then we are owned by the government. And that's not how it's supposed to be. So I'm really excited that I've discovered this, um, this mindset. Because, as I said earlier, it frees you up to start to see what's going on. And it's absolutely antithetical, not just to what our system was supposed to be, but what anybody would argue is basic to human existence. And that is that we be able to do what we want with our lives and associate with the people we choose and to keep our money. 
and only do with our money what we wish. And that means to only pay for the government that we wish. And if we think government's doing the wrong thing, we should just be able to. It is it's a human right to be able to withhold our payments. Because otherwise, it's forced confiscation. And that means you can have major theft and destruction, economic destruction going on right now in this country. $32 trillion of debt in Washington and, and Connecticut's been totally plundered. And there's no recourse. They just smile and lie. And that money flows in their direction instead of staying in our pockets. Let's go to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Check in on the roads. Mark Christopher with the latest, sir. Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yeah, so it's, um, I always like talking about small government. And no, no required taxation. And I think that's... Uh, I think we're ripe for that kind of perspective to gain steam because we are reaching a point where I think everybody is, is nervous about what the future of the American government is if we keep heading in this direction. Joining us right now is Phil Kirpin. Phil is a guy who I, I think you're a small government guy, right, Phil? The, the smaller the better. You know it. <laughs> Phil is the president of American Commitment. So is that what you guys do? You're advocating for smaller government? Yeah, limited government, free markets, economic freedom, uh, lower taxes, lower spending. That's the, uh, that's the mission anyway. We've had, as you might have noticed, limited success in recent years, but uh, we're, we're staying at it. Well, I feel like there, we're coming to a point where the two lines have to cross, what we're advocating for and everybody's understanding of how necessary it is. They, that's got to grow, uh, and, and, and I think they're, the people in power are doing their best to make it crystal clear that there's no choice. Well, I think you're right. I mean, you look at the fiscal projections right now. We're $31 trillion in debt. CBO says 10 years from now it's going to be $50 trillion. We've got... Uh, revenues are running at about as high as they've ever been as a percent of GDP, 20% of the economy. So the problem is entirely on the spending side. And um, you don't see any evidence that they want to actually cut spending. So, you know, if they don't, we don't change something soon, we're going to have, you know, I don't know if it'll be in a couple of years or 10 years or whatever it's going to be, but we're going to have sometime in uh, the not-too-distant future a Greece-style financial meltdown, which is going to force us. Uh, to do something to change that trajectory, because the, the numbers are the numbers at the end of the day. Whatever ideology you have, if the numbers don't work, uh, it can't go on forever. But when you look at, uh, say, the, the president pitching his new budget, and because there are 10-year projections in his budget, the media goes along with the idea that, um, that over the 10-year period, it calls for some balancing of the budget, but over the short term, it, it wants to expand the overspending and the overtaxation. So we only get, really, when we pass one of these things, what happens in the first uh, year of it, or the first couple of years, maybe. And the idea of uh, a 10-year proposal, I think, is just another way to con us. Well, um, you know, there's a lot to that, obviously. If you do a new 10-year budget every year, <laughs> then you replace, you know, whatever's going on in the last nine years of it. So what really matters is the first year in terms of what, what actually gets spent. That said, 
Uh, look, this is not a budget that's going to be enacted anyway, and so it's really more about um, establishing the policies and the beliefs and the priorities that the president has. Uh, and, of course, you know, we're, we're going to see what the congressional Republicans have as a response to that. Um, but I actually think it tells you a lot about you know, sort of the view of the Democrats and this president in particular. I mean, they, he thinks that the budget problem is that we don't tax enough. He thinks we should have all of these tax hikes, and he's got – you know, a dozen of them in this budget, uh, you know, really historic tax hikes on everything, on businesses, on capital gains, on income, on energy. And there are no spending reductions of any kind anywhere in sight. And so, exactly. you know, that's yeah. one vision. That's one vision. I think it's a very flawed one, but it is, I think, useful to clarify that for the American people. No doubt, but the headlines don't do that much clarifying. So somebody has to be out looking for what's inside the story and what's going to happen in that first year. So you're right, it's good to get it happening. It's unfortunate in my mind that the people we elect to run the business for us lie to us about what's going on with the business. Yeah, well, politicians are not known for their truthfulness, so I don't think we should be surprised about them lying. It would be nice if we had a media that's more than a partisan cheerleader for one side, but I think people at this point generally know what they're going to get from the media, and um, you know they, they discount it accordingly. So I'm not too worried about that. And that said, um, look, we're going to have a fight later this year, you know, we're getting into the summer about this question of whether we're going to have spending reductions uh, in the context of this debt ceiling fight. And obviously mm -hmm. the president and the Democrats and the media are taking the position that we should change nothing. We should do nothing differently. We should cut no spending. We should just jack up the national debt period. And that's great and lovely and wonderful. Um, I hope we're going to see a little fight from Republicans. And frankly, you know, people like me and you, people who have a little bit of a platform, we're going to need to back them up if we're going to get any kind of uh, spending reductions to speak of. And so, um, you know, we're up against a lot. That said, we have a much better argument than they do, right? Because to, to your point, look, I mean, they, if they're going to the American people and saying we want to borrow, you know, X trillion more dollars, the obvious answer, you know, it's like if, if it were like a business that's running huge operating losses, going to the bank asking to borrow more money, what's the obvious question? What are you going to change? How are you going to fix this situation where you're losing all this money, yes. you're running these huge operating losses? Well, that's what the American people need to ask Congress. If they want to put more money on the national debt. What's What's the plan to change things? What's the plan to improve the fiscal outlook? And uh, Democrats really don't have one. Their answer is raise taxes more. Well, if you do that, you're going to hurt the economy. I mean, the revenue last year was 20% of GDP. It was the second highest it's ever been. The problem is not on the revenue side. And if you hurt the economy with massive tax hikes, you're probably going to end up with less money, not more money. So the problem's on the spending side. Yeah, Phil Kirpin is with us from American Commitment. So with regard to the debt ceiling, the debt ceiling is an after-the-fact approval of sending off the check that you've committed yourself to. Is that really the place that a Republican should be making a stand? Shouldn't, since Congress appropriates money and approves spending, shouldn't they stop voting for, for those spending, spending plans that are causing us to be plundered? Uh, yeah, that would help, too. I mean, look, the debt ceiling is not a very good mechanism for limiting overall government spending and debt for the reason that you mentioned, because it generally uh, comes after the fact of when the obligations are incurred. That said, it's the only mechanism we have uh, that really forces Congress to come down, to, you know, to sit down at a table and figure out uh, kind of what the fiscal outlook is and uh, to deal with it. You know, the last, every major 
every major deficit reduction deal that we've had for the last, you know, 40 years or so has been centered on a debt ceiling down, going back to, to Graham Rudman, you know, all the way through the Budget Control Act. And so, like, you know, I wish we had a better spending limitation mechanism, something like the Swiss debt break would probably be ideal. But the idea that because this isn't a good mechanism, we shouldn't use it at all, and we should just raise it uh, without changing anything, I think is misguided. It's been the kind of the forcing mechanism that we have. Now, you and I, and probably everyone listening to this, would probably prefer that we have a rational annual budget and appropriations process where they actually look at the individual uh, programs and they cut spending and that kind of, but I mean, I think it's been 20 years since they've actually seen the appropriations process through. It ends up instead, every year is the same thing. They don't get their work done, then they have a train wreck at the end, and they pile everything in into a multi-thousand-page thing that nobody's read and nobody understands. And so, <laughs> um, you know, it's like, I, I, you know, I kind of agree. In an ideal world, I agree with you. We, they would, we wouldn't do this on the debt ceiling. We would do it on the annual appropriations. But uh, I just I haven't seen that process actually work since Newt Gingrich was the speaker. And so uh, this, the, the, the debt ceiling might be the only, uh, the only, you know, it's a bad vehicle, but it might be the only one we have. You guys released uh, at American Commitment a, a press release this week uh, discussing AARP and how they operate their business and that it's not really what it appears to be or what it used to be and what we came to know it as. That has changed. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, you know, they, they get about $200 million a year in member dues, but they get about a billion dollars a year in corporate royalty payments. And uh, about 80% of that comes from one company, United Health, uh, the largest for-profit insurance company in the, in the country. And the way Wait, this works 80% is, of $2 billion? Is that what you said? Sorry, 80% of, 80% is, excuse me, 80% of the billion dollars of royalty revenue comes from United Health. So about $800 million a year. That's amazing. It's unbelievable. And the way this works, the reason they're able to mint money like that is every time anyone buys an AARP-branded Medicare plan, whether it's a Part D plan, a Medicare Advantage plan, or a Medigap plan, uh, AARP skims 4.95% of every premium every month forever off the top of that plan to keep for themselves. And uh, they, they don't call it a commission because if they called it a commission, they'd have to register with all the states as an insurance salesman and follow all the rules and regulations and so forth. What they call it is a royalty for the licensing of their intellectual property. In other words, for letting, AAR, for letting United put a, the ARP name on these plans, they get uh, 4.95% off the top, which uh, is about $800 million per year. And then miraculously, all of their policy advocacy seems to line up with what's good for the insurance companies in general and United Health in particular. And of course, because United also owns OptumRx, which is one of the largest pharmacy benefit managers, um, they have weighed in on every drug pricing issue on the same side as the insurance companies and the pharmacy benefit managers. And so we've had this uh, very distorted environment in Washington on health policy debates where AARP comes in and throws their weight around and they've got hundreds of millions of dollars to spend on political advocacy and um it always lines up with the interests of united health even when that doesn't line up with the interests of seniors like when they advocated for obamacare and for the so-called inflation reduction act and they're also in bed with one political party and so last year they gave their full sort of 
campaign style advocacy treatment to 71 members of Congress where they did events and advertising and press calls and all of that. 70 of the 71 were Democrats. And so they've become a highly partisan advocacy vehicle uh, that's supported overwhelmingly uh, by the health insurance industry. And uh, I, I think it's a very corrupt racket. And unfortunately, until we can do something about it, it's going to be very hard for us to win these health policy debates. So I've been suggesting that at a minimum, Congress needs to make the disclosure much better on these products. Because it does say on the bottom of the page when you go to the United Health mm-hmm. ARP page, it does say on the bottom of the page a royalty is paid to ARP. But I don't think the vast majority of customers know that it's 4.95% of every premium every month forever. And so I and think it, they should at least be required to say how much the royalty is there in clear terms so people get the, what they uh, Is the price at least good on the product that they're selling, do you know? It's one of the most expensive. Generally, their plans are very expensive, but they're also very comprehensive. So it's hard to say whether it's a good value. I mean, they're they're pretty successful, so it's probably not a terrible option, but... They're also very good at marketing and advertising, so that might and, be you know, why. They've got this image that where people think they are an advocacy group, as you point out, for seniors, as opposed to uh, that they're making bundles of money selling yeah. products back to the people who pay them dues for being members of their organization. And those dues money dollars are being spent to uh, subsidize the operations of the thing that is out there hawking stuff to them. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the other thing is I think that um, a lot of seniors don't even necessarily know that ARP has an exclusive deal with United Health. So they might think, oh, I'm shopping the, uh, mm-hmm. I'm shopping the Medicare plans that AARP has, and they, they might not look anywhere else. Yeah. They may not realize they're only seeing one company when they go that way. Wow, that's really interesting. All right, Phil Kirpin, American Commitment. What's, uh, what's the website for people to go to? It's AmericanCommitment.org. That's pretty simple. AmericanCommitment.org. We appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, and I guess you can go start your weekend now? All right. You do. Have a good one, Todd. All right. Thank you very much, Phil. Good to talk with you. 860-522-9842. Let's have a quick chat with Jeff in Marlboro. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Todd. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um yeah, uh, just got me thinking all the tax talk you were doing earlier. So I got paid today, and I took a good look at my pay stub, and come to find out 22% of what I make is being taken by the state and federal government. Mm-hmm. So basically I work every Monday and Tuesday morning for the government. You know, and it's, Yeah, uh, that's not counting that's uh, not counting sales taxes and, and uh, wherever else you're, you're paying taxes, you know, property taxes and stuff like that. Right, never even didn't even think about that either. So, and, so it's a big uh, I, I chunk of your money. The real, yeah, it's big time. Yeah, I mean, I did the math per year. I could be buying a new car every two years. Not, we're not talking a Cadillac here, but uh, straight up cash. I could buy a new car every two years. Oh, we didn't even think about it's, the property tax on your car too. There's that, and all those excise fees <laughs> and the the money you pay to the uh, to the um, the motor vehicle department. You know. Yeah. So I, I, I encourage, like, you got me thinking, I, I think everybody should take a good gander at their paycheck because that is a real eye-opener. And it's only the beginning. Yeah, so uh, you would have a lot more money and a lot. Imagine all the how rich you would feel if you weren't getting hit for all that money every check. Oh, yeah. I mean, basically, uh, 
they're just robbing me of it. And, uh, you know, I could buy my groceries for the whole year with all that money, you know, every, you know, whatever yeah. I needed, my clothes, yeah. anything. That's amazing. Yeah. Jeff, thank you. Yeah. For that. So th- thank you for, uh, mentioning that because I, 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 like I said, again, I encourage everyone to take a good gander at their paycheck too, because it was a real eye opener. Take a look at that statement that comes with your check. Thank you so much, Jeff. Good to talk with you. Don't forget next hour, we've got order up coming your way. We talk food and stuff related to food. And I will be revealing today's question in just a few minutes coming up on WTIC. Off we go to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. It's Friday, and that means there's a little extra congestion and turmoil and tumult on the roads, and Mark Christopher has the latest for us. Hey, Mark. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.